Winchester. <clears throat> yeah, I was, yeah, mine too. It was pretty good, pretty good. Hot. I don't know if it's as hot where you are as it is in the Midwest, at least in St. Louis, then you guys are hot. It was, uh, I don't know, the heat index was well over 100, I believe, over the weekend. Yeah, pretty, pretty warm. Hi, everybody. This is Bob Bro. Welcome to the best old-time radio podcast. This is Monday, July 26, 2021. And on Mondays, we try to cool you down with a cool comedy. How about, how about that? We have a good comedy lined up for you today, an old-time radio comedy, and we'll tell you about that in just a minute. But if you are suffering from the heat, now, at least in St. Louis today, it's supposed to be a little cooler. It's only going to be like 90 today or something like that. But I think the other day when I was driving in the car, I looked down and on my dashboard, it's got the outside temperature. It was 97, but the humidity was very, very high. So, and we get a few, few days of this. If you have air conditioning, you can live with it. So what we need you to do now is get over in that big, soft, comfortable, easy chair over there. Get your feet up on the ottoman or relax in that recliner. Whatever the case might be, get yourself something cold to drink and just let the worries of the day drift away because we are going to entertain you in just a minute with this week's old-time radio comedy. corner to this week, we have an episode of Fibber McGee and Molly that was first broadcast February the 10th, back in 1948 on NBC. And as is her custom, Molly is doing housework and she has decided to clean out the attic of all the old junk up there. And when she gives uh, Fibber a inventory, an inventory of uh, the things she has collected and is ready to send to the junk man, he discovers that she has included his childhood sled that he was gifted when he was in the third grade and that he has caused all kinds of havoc over the years, especially when he was a kid back on the streets of Peoria. 
pretty good episode. And then, of course, every visitor to 79 Wistful Vista has to have a comment or a story of their own. So let's go back to uh, 1948, February the 10th, for this episode of Fibber McGee and Molly. The Johnson's Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Here's a pleasant little domestic scene. A cold winter day. A roaring fire in the fireplace at 79 Wistful Vista. The morning paper neatly divided into two sections. And Mr. McGee looking at both of them. While Mrs. McGee looks at him as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. A pew? A pew? A pew? McGee! Huh? For goodness sakes, are you still worrying about that old pewter teapot? Huh? What old pewter teapot? <laughs> of Mrs. Williams's that you made a table lamp out of? Oh, no, my gosh, I forgot all about that last week. Well, then why are you sitting there saying, a pew, a pew, a pew? Oh, I was looking over the plans in the paper of the new church they're building. It says, a pew, a pew, a pew, and a window. <laughs> a pew, a pew, a pew, and a door. And all like that there. Oh, yes, I saw the pictures of it. It oh. looks wonderful. Yeah. Incidentally, speaking of old things, I cleaned a lot of trash out of the attic this morning and put it on the back porch for the junk man. Oh? If he happens to come by while I'm not here, be sure to give it to uh, him. Out of the attic? Oh, now, look, kiddo. I hope you didn't throw out anything good of mine from out of up there. My gosh, I got a lot of valuable stuff stored away up there. Well, you needn't worry. All I brought downstairs today was a lot of junk. Oh? An old dressmaking form Aunt Sarah gave me in 1925. When skirts were just below the knee and the waistlines were just above them. <laughs> a little old sled with one runner bent and all the paint scraped off. Sled? Oh, Molly, you're not giving my old sled to the junk man. My little old snowbuster that I got from my... Well, Amber. my goodness, I didn't dream you still wanted that thing, McGee. It's all broken anyhow. It can it? be fixed. My old snowbuster. I'll get it right now, before that junk man hauls it off. Okay, dearie. Ah, there goes a good kid. And such a big kid, too What he's going to do with a sled that he must have gotten about the third grade A sled that we were married ten years before I could get him to take it out from under his bed and put it in the attic I'll never know (laughs) Ah, but he'll rush back in here in a minute with a happy smile on his chubby little cheek Shouting, ah, my old sled, and I'll just... Ah, my old sled (laughs) Just look at it, Molly Uh Uh-huh my little old snowbuster. Look how that baby glides across the floor. Heavenly day, sideways. Oh, no. The runners are bent a little sure, but they're solid as a rock. <laughs> they don't build sleds like this baby anymore, baby. No, they've learned a lot since that one was built, all right. <laughs> boy, oh boy, what memories this thing brings back. The fun I had on it. Yeah. <laughs> Why, every bone I ever broke in my life was broke on this old sled. <laughs> I remember one day I was... A... Come in. Mr. Oldtimer, come in. Oh, hi, Oldtimer. Hello there, kids. (laughs) Hey, what you doing with that beat-up coaster, Johnny? You been raiding the city dump again? (laughs) Now, this is my old snowbuster, Oldtimer. Had it since I was a kid. I've kept it put away long enough. Now I'm going to fix it up now and give it to some other deserving little kid now. 
Johnny, I've knowed a lot of kids. I've knowed kids that deserve a licking and kids that deserve a kicking. But I've never knowed a kid that deserved a thing like that. <laughs> what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with this sled that I can't fix. Look at that baby, solid as a rock. Or will be when I get it fixed. He's very sentimental about his sled, Mr. Oldtimer. I bet you had a sled when you were a kid, too, huh? Oh, I sure did, daughter. <laughs> had me a dandy. Ever tell you about my nephew, the double-jointed bomber pilot? What's a double-jointed bomber pilot got to do with your boyhood sled? Just reminded me of it, that's all, Johnny. Huh? It was a flexible flyer, too. Oh. <laughs> yes, sir, kids. I was a great one for winter sports. Bob sledding, ice boating, skiing, post office. Post office? We were talking about winter sports. Daughter, the way I played it, it's a year-round game. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. Ice boating. <laughs> Just a little demonstration smacker. It was all ice boating, bob sledding, snowballing, hooky. Hockey. Had to play hooky to get time to play hockey, Johnny. <laughs> but my favorite sport was dog sledding up in Alaska. Entered every dog sled race they ever had up there. Never won any, but it was a peck of fun. Why didn't you ever win? I don't know, Johnny. Always used to pull into town two or three days after the other fellas, gasping for breath. Moccasins wore out. And them eight dogs sitting there on the sled yammering away fit to bust. <laughs> but the dogs were supposed to pull you. Well, I'll be doggone. I thought that was an awful long harness for one man. <laughs> so the other guys got the prize money and you just got the sourdough, eh? Sourdough. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good, Johnny. But I heard it with a slight political twist. Yeah. The slight political twist I heard it with, one feller says to tell a feller, say, he said, I see where Mr. Truman is building a new porch onto the White House. Yep, says tell a feller, it's great to have a place where you can sit on warm summer nights and watch the moon and prices come up. <laughs> well, see you later, kid. So long. Billy Mills in the orchestra and all dressed up with a broken heart. Thank you. 
See how this runner is straightening out, Molly? Some kid is going to be awful lucky to get this old sled of mine. I don't know why you call it lucky. You've broken your arm, your leg, three ribs, and your clavicle on it. <laughs> yeah. I cracked my glockenspiel on it, too. <laughs> Heavenly days, where is your glockenspiel? I don't know. My folks gave it away right after that. <laughs> Said I didn't deserve to have a glockenspiel. Said you didn't deserve... Well, what is it? A glockenspiel? Oh, it's a kind of a xylophone sort of thing. Yeah, I was taking lessons on it and was coasting home from my teacher's house when one sled runner hit a bare manhole cover, spun me around, threw the glockenspiel through a bakery window right into the apple strudel. Come in. Oh, it's Mr. Williams, the weatherman, McGee. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, McGee. Hi, Foggy. Come in out of the weather, man. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you don't think I'm being conceited if I say that this is a beautiful day. Oh, not at all, Mr. Williams, not at all. It is a lovely day. You betcha. Crisp, cold air, snow crunching underfoot, sharp wind biting you on the neck, icicles ready to drop off the roof and stab you through the derby, limbs covered with snow up to your hips. Ah, what a day to stay inside out of. I take it you are not an admirer of winter weather, McGee. Oh, he used to be, Mr. Williams. You should see him do a triple somersault on ice skates. Me? A triple somersault on ice skates? When did I do that then? Don't you remember the time you tripped over the route on Sheehan's Pond the very first time you went ice skating? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they rushed me to the doctor and x-rayed my head. Thought maybe I had a conclusion. A <laughs> uh, concussion, McGee. Huh? A conclusion is a finish. That's what they thought he had, all right. <laughs> How about you, Mr. Williams? Are you one to frolic in the snow? Frankly, No. <laughs> No, I'm a warm-weather sportsman, swimming, sailing, fishing, and all that, particularly deep-sea fishing. I caught a 210-pound tuna off the coast of Mexico one summer. My gosh, a 210-pound tuna. I didn't know they came that big. Uh, this was a piano tuna. <laughs> he, uh, he had fallen off a Maxson liner. Oh, my God. Every time he comes through town, he tunes my piano. Another time in Louisiana... Hey, that's one place I always wanted to go, Foggy. Down to New Orleans. To a Mardi Gras. You ever been to a Mardi Gras? You ever been to a Mardi Gras? It's Gras, McGee. Huh? Mardi Gras. Gras? Didn't you learn that in high school, or didn't you study French? Oh, I studied it, but I didn't paw. <laughs> well, so what happens in Louisiana, Foggy? Well... I was driving slowly through the city, admiring the courteous traffic signs. Courteous traffic signs? Yes, like one-way, if you please, street. Oh. And uh, no you all turn. Oh. <laughs> when suddenly, nothing happened. It was perhaps the quietest trip I've ever taken. Well, that's very interesting in a negative kind of way, Foggy. Oh, hey, I'm fixing up an old sled of mine. Is there going to be any more snow this week? Well, our charts at the office indicate a cold front with alto-cumulus clouds advancing on a 40-mile line, McGee. Huh? With a low-pressure area to the south, that would imply an indicated precipitation of an intermittent character. What? However, should the air masses recede in variable directions, there is no doubt that both wind and temperatures will be affected, although to what extent it is impossible to tell within several degrees. Hmm. And the dispersion of moisture will depend largely on subsequent barometric pressures. Oh, that. What on earth does that mean? That means, Molly, it's going to clear up cloudy and give us a dry drizzle. <laughs> yes. Well, good day. 
Probably. So long, Foggy. Being a weatherman must be interesting work. Yeah, but I'd hate to be in his shoes right now. Why? Too small. I wear a nine and a half and he wears an eight. <laughs> well, I got to finish hammering out this bent runner. Oh, I had a little tortoise, but he isn't here no more. He saw the frames for my new glasses and recognized his cousin Joe. <laughs> oh, that laid an egg. Go oh, the monkey and the coconuts. Hi, Molly. Hello, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Omaha. You're just in time to give me a hand. Grab that pair of pliers, will you? Sure, sure. What'd I do with them? <laughs> just hold them. Every time I sit on them, I've been sitting on them. <laughs> now, let me see. This runner looks okay. He's fixing up an old sweater of his, Mr. Wilcox. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was an orange crate that had been hit by a beer truck. This is my old sled that I've had since I was in the third grade, Junior. I've kept all these years. Why? A good question. What do you mean, why? Why does anybody keep anything that has given them as much pleasure as this thing has given to me out of? That sled has tender memories for him, Mr. Wilcox. Well, I'm happy to know that he's capable of such sentiment, because that's the sort of emotion that keeps me in business. What do you mean, Junior? Oh, McGee, now for goodness sake. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. Why do you have to... I'm glad you asked me that yes, now. Yes, bet you are. What? <laughs> what? What I meant was that everybody who loves and cherishes his nice things wants to keep them looking their best and wants to protect them against the dust and dirt and dampness and the ravages of time. Well, we're in this thing now, dearie. We might as well go along with it. Help him out. What's the best thing to protect things with, Mr. Wilcox? Johnson's Wax. No kidding. What does it do, Junior? Johnson's Wax? Yeah. Why, it protects and seals the surface so the dust and dirt can't cling to it. Seals the pores of wood and leather. See, how is it on lampshades and luggage and floors and furniture and woodwork and enameled surfaces and windowsills? Oh, it's wonderful. And Don't you, you think that Johnson's Wax gives that gleam of hospitality, that sparkling welcome to a well-kept home that is the pride of all good housekeepers, Junior? Oh, I do indeed. Why, Personally, you... now, the knowledge that it preserves while it protects, that's very important, it seems to me, and when it's so simple to guard fine things with Johnson's Wax. Uh, yeah, but what that got to do And with... besides... <laughs> And besides, Junior, I always say that Johnson's wax is... Look, look, look. Waxy. Huh? <laughs> oh, that's me, isn't it? My sure. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of confused. Yes, sir. We were all selling wax there for a while, weren't we? Mm. Anytime we don't, Waxy, we'll get three pink slips in the mail that Molly never ordered from the Bon <laughs> Mr. Wilcox, are you and McGee going to bowl tonight? Oh, hey, that's what I stopped in to tell you, pal. I can't bowl tonight. Why not? Well, <laughs> my aunt and uncle are visiting us, and she's using my bowling ball. To bowl with? Oh, no, she slips it into my uncle's socks so she can darn them. What? <laughs> that's my uncle, Bigfoot Wilcox. <laughs> See you later. So long. <laughs> Mr. Wilcox has the strangest relatives. Yeah, ancestors, too. He ever tell you about Big Windy Wilcox, the glass blower, who lived back in 1772 or 3? No. Well, it seems the Big Windy was blowing a few wine bottles for a friend when he suddenly got the hiccups from when he's blown. Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Nice to see you. Hello, my dear. And how are you, squirrel muzzle? <laughs> splendid, splendid, tonsil robber. 
Probably due to the fact that I've not availed myself of your services for some time. Don't I look well? If you want my professional opinion, fiddle-hip, they dug up the skeleton of a prehistoric man in New Mexico a few weeks ago, and frankly, he looks better than you do. Well, they say that New Mexican climate is very helpful. There are times, Plasma Boy, when I... What are you staring at? That thing that looks like a sled. What is it? It's oh. a sled. That's my old sled that I got for my birthday when I was in the third grade, Doc. I'm fixing it up. Some kid can get a lot of use out of that sled. Some kid has had a lot of use out of it. <laughs> you must have been a destructive little monster, McGee. That thing looks like you'd used it to go aquaplaning over 12 miles of stump land. <laughs> or were you smuggling hot tombstones across the border? It is a little battered, Doctor, but he's fixing it up all right, he says. Oh, my gosh, it's the sentiment of the thing with me. Gee whiz, it's the sentiment. Maybe I'm just old-fashioned, but... but... Oh, no, no, you're not old-fashioned, McGee. You're as up-to-date a lad as I ever met. Is he really, Doctor? Yes, indeed. In fact, he has the only vacuum-packed head in town that I know of. (laughs) You hear that, Molly? Yeah. You're not just saying that, Doc, because you admire me. No, I'm not. I merely said... Probably for you, Doctor. No doubt. Someday I'm going to Lapland, rent a reindeer, ride it 600 miles into Siberia, and see if they can catch me with a telephone. As the guy says when he finally got out of bankruptcy, look, the receiver's off the hook. <laughs> Take it, Fatso. Thanks. Hello, Gamble speaking. Who? Oh, yes, Mrs. Clatterhatch. Oh, her again. Was that Mrs. Clatterhatch? Your husband got bit by a worm? Well, I don't think that's very serious. I beg your pardon? Oh, well, in that case, I'll come right over Mrs. Clatterhatch right away. What's so serious about getting bit by a worm? She said it was five feet long and had a rattle in the end of its tail. I'll see you later. (laughs) The King's Men and Manana. The faucet, she is dripping and the fence is falling down. My pocket needs some money so I can't go into town. My brother isn't working and my sister doesn't care. The car, she needs some water, so I can't go anywhere. Manana, manana, manana is good enough for me. Now, my mother, she is working. She's working very hard. But every time she looks for me, I'm sleeping in the yard. My mother thinks I'm lazy, and maybe she is right. I'll go to work manana, but I'm gonna sleep tonight. Manana, is good enough for me Once I had some money but I gave it to a friend He said he'd pay me double, it was only just to lend He said a little later that the horse she was too slow Why he gave the horse my money is something I don't know Manana, 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 manana is good enough for me Manana, is good enough for me. The window, she is broken and the rain is coming in. If someone does not fix it, I'll be soaking to my skin. But if we wait a day or two, the rain may go away. And we don't need a window on such a sunny day. Manana, 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 manana. I will do something, baby. Manana! 
Get a load of my little old snowbuster now, Molly. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. As soon as that enamel dries, it'll be as good as new. Certainly looks flashy, all right. Oh, I'll say it's flashy. This is the sled that I won the fourth grade race down Kickapoo Hill against the whole fourth grade with this sled when I was in the fourth grade. <laughs> it is? Yep. They claim later that it wasn't fair, though. They claimed the reason I went faster was because I was 30 pounds heavier than any of the other kids in the race. Oh? Well, naturally I was heavier. Because there wasn't a kid in the whole fourth grade that was anywhere near as old as I was, naturally. I... Ah, that's my boy. Always years ahead of everybody. Sure. <laughs> See, where's the memories this old sled brings back? What recollections? Just looking at it gives me that old neuralgia feeling. Oh, you don't mean neuralgia, sweetheart. You mean nostalgia. Nostalgia? Sure. Oh, why would the sled remind me of flowers? <laughs> Although I do remember that bed of orange-colored nostalgias we had behind no. the hospital. <laughs> McGee, no, those were nasturtiums. Oh, now, Molly, please. Anybody knows a nasturtium is a dirty crack. What? Well, I should. Doc Gamble is always casting nasturtiums at my bowling, and no. I'm... No. McGee, those are aspersions. Aspersions? You sure? Positive. Well, then, what in the first place did I say wrong? You said the sled gave you a neuralgic feeling. Neuralgia is a headache. You said it. Headaches, backaches, busted ribs, fractures. Ah, but I loved every one of them. Like the time I got lost with this baby in that thicket at the edge of town. Remember that? No. No, I don't remember that. I never told you about the time I was coasting downhill through that little thin thicket. No. Well, sir, there were two thickets out there. A little thin thicket that we used to hunt in, and a big thick thicket that was so full of thorns and things it made you thick just thinking about it. <laughs> well, sir, I coasted downhill on my sled thinking I was headed for the thin thicket when all at once I hit the thick thicket with a thud. <laughs> The thicket was not only thick with long, thin thorns, but every stick was thick with ticks. <laughs> and the thinnest part of the thick thicket was thicker than the thick part of the thin thicket, so naturally when I hit the thick thick... Hold it, dearie. <laughs> Come in. Oh, hi, Wimp. Hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello, folks. <laughs> My goodness, it's cold outside. Yeah? I had to walk backwards all the way over here. Walk backwards? Why? Well... I was breathing so hard, and my breath froze so fast, that if I walked frontwards, I kept snowing in my own face. What happened if you stood still? I fogged my glasses. <laughs> I like to be outdoors in this kind of weather, though, really. Yeah, it's good. Any kind of weather, in fact. It, <laughs> it gets me away from her. <laughs> You mean... Yes, sweetie face, my big old wife. <laughs> I really had a wonderful weekend last weekend, though. You know, I got the cleverest idea. Yeah, what'd you do, Wimp? <laughs> I got up real early one morning, and I painted little bitty red spots on all our mirrors. What was that for? Well, for three whole days, sweetie face thought she had chicken pox. <laughs> Till old Dr. Gamble had to go and spoil everything. <laughs> My gosh, that wife of yours really makes your life miserable, doesn't she? Oh, I wouldn't say that, Mr. McGee. <laughs> you wouldn't, Mr. Wimple? Gracious, no, I'd be afraid to. <laughs> I, she'd simply... Oh, what a pretty little sled. You like it, Wimp? This is my little old snowbuster. Had it since the third grade. Me and this sled have been through a lot together. Yes, through a bakery window and a thick thicket, to name a couple. Well, I just stopped in to tell you about a little surprise. You should have I... seen me when I first got this sled, Wimp. I used to grab it up, clutch it against me like this, and start running real fast. Why? Wasn't it yours? <laughs> yes. 
Certainly it was mine. I used to start clearing the kitchen, see, and run through the dining room, through the living room, through the front hall, out the door, and launch myself with this baby onto the front sidewalk. <laughs> First winter, I got the mailman three times and the milkman once. They used to call him Lightning McGee because nobody knew where he'd hit next. My, isn't childhood horrible? I just wanted to tell you about a little surprise that I've Boy, oh boy, this old snowbuster feels good in my hands, you know what? It's been a long time since I did a flopper on this baby, but I still got the old technique. Yes, but do your muscles know it, dearie? Open the front door, Wimp. Let me show you what I mean. Yes, but... Well, all right, Mr. McGee. But I'd like to tell you about my surprise... I'll be with you in a second, Wimp. I'm going to start in the dining room, pick up speed through the living room, and launch myself off the front porch like a rat. Now, McGee, you're not as young as you were, you know. After all... Now, now... don't worry, kiddo. Just stand well back. I'll go down that front sidewalk like a bullet. But, Mr. McGee, I get a surprise... Later, Wimp, later. I couldn't turn off this enthusiasm now if I wanted to. Here I go! Oh, dear, be careful, McGee. I wanted to tell you my surprise. Yippee! That I cleaned all the snow off your sidewalk for him. What? <laughs> but, but I guess it was a surprise after all, wasn't it? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to take a moment to congratulate the more than two million members of the Boy Scouts of America on their 38th anniversary this week. This is the organization which builds good citizens, and there will never be too many of them. After all, a daily good turn for 38 years multiplied by two million adds up to a lot of kindness and decency, and the world can use it. Good night. Good night, all. The makers of Johnson's Wax Products, Racine, Wisconsin, bring you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. It always strikes me the difference between Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee during the show and all of his enthusiasm and exuberance, and then when he gives the public service announcement at the end of the show, which they did on most shows, and he's so serious. <laughs> it just, it's hard to believe it's the same guy. Molly sounds kind of the same, a little more serious in the public service announcement. Now they're talking about the Boy Scouts. How about that? That was Fibber McGee and Molly. That one was first broadcast February the 10th, 1948 on NBC. Fibber remembered stories about his childhood sled that he'd had ever since the third grade. It caused all kinds of havoc back there in his hometown of, and Molly's hometown, of Peoria, Illinois. We do love Fibber McGee and Molly, and we have all sorts of episodes in our files and we will be playing more of them in the near future.
go. That is going to kick things in the head for Monday, July 26, 2021. Hope you enjoyed our selection. We'll be back tomorrow with an old-time radio drama. We will be back on Wednesday with a mystery and on Thursday with a western. Going to go out tonight with a couple of songs from 1948, the year that this uh, Fibber McGee and Molly we just listened to was uh, first introduced. Slim Pickens in 1948, according to my my calculations, uh, my tastes, but we uh, found a couple that were kind of interesting. We're going to go out, first of all, with the Andrews sisters and a little uh, yodeling, and then we're going to follow that up with Winoni Harris and a song that was made popular several years later by the king himself, Elvis Presley. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by. And I'm so glad you met me.
you know what to do. Hoy, hoy. 